Thanks so much, ladies. We are sheltered in the arms of God. No, no safer place to be. Praise the Lord. All right. Take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. While you're turning there, I want to talk to you about John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 makes it clear that the Word is speaking about is the second person of the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ, as He was born into this world, took upon flesh and, and became our Savior. We praise the Lord for that. In the beginning was the Word. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Same God, same person of the Godhead. We're told in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16 that of the Lord Jesus Christ, all things were made by Him and for Him. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son, spoke into existence creation. Uh, what a mighty God we serve. Isn't that true? That is so true. Angels bow before Him, heaven and earth adore Him. What a mighty God we serve, as the song says. Praise the Lord for it. To better appreciate the truth that I want to share with you today here in Genesis chapter 4, I want us to see the background a little bit in coming into it. Make sure that everybody understands Chapter 1 of Genesis dealt with creation. God spoke it into existence in six days. Six literal 24-hour days, according to the Scriptures. There are some believers, some Christians today, that say they don't believe that. They don't believe that they were 24-hour day periods. Um, they say, well, you know, didn't, didn't Peter write about one day of like a thousand years uh, with the Lord? Uh, couldn't it have been long periods of time that would have gave place for the dinosaurs and, and all of this to have lived? And no. <laughs> Matter of fact, the scripture is clear that um, sin, by sin came death. So when did sin take place? Before death. <laughs> Uh, before the first death, since took place with Adam and Eve. And so there was no dinosaurs that died before the first death, which is found toward the end of chapter 3 of Genesis. An animal was killed and skinned, and God took his skin and clothed Adam and Eve, the first death, the first covering. I'll talk to you about atonement in just a moment. That's what it means. And so we have in chapter 1, God created in six 24-hour days everything that is created in this world and universe. And on the seventh day, he rested. On the sixth day, he made all of the animals and mankind, Adam. And also in chapter 2, he gives more detail about the creation that he did, especially about man as he speaks about taking uh, from Adam a rib and making a woman, uh, Eve, and all of what God describes with that in his reasoning. By the way, it says in verse 18 of chapter 2, uh, I don't know if I get over here. 
that is this, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. And everything that God had created, he said, and it was good. But he said it was not good. You ever thought about that? Let me tell you what did not happen. God didn't get to this point and look and say, you know, something's missing here. What about God? It never crossed God's mind that Adam would need a helpmate? No. It was in his plan. Do you know that nothing has ever occurred to God? There is nothing that has ever come to his mind and said, oh, you know, that's a good idea. He has known everything from the beginning. And so his plans for Adam and Eve was from the beginning. That there would be two. Matter of fact, there was two of every other time. So it would stand to reason God already had plans for two of mankind. And so he has in his plans there, and he makes woman because it is good. He was teaching us two things, I believe. He was teaching us that it is not good for us to be alone. It is not good. It's good to have a wife, right, Ashley? I mean, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for us to not be alone as an individual. We need each other. We need each other. It's not good for me to be alone. Secondly, I believe he was teaching us and emphasizing us the importance of marriage. For he says in verse 24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. God emphasizes this in chapter 2. Then we see in chapter 3 the temptation of Eve, and then spread over to Adam, and following her suit. There's the sin of the taking of that forbidden fruit. God's judgment that came upon them, both the serpent and ritually, that they should crawl upon his belly, eat the dust of the earth. Upon Eve, that there would be uh, difficulty in child uh, bearing. With Adam, there would be difficulty in raising crops uh, because of the, the thorns and the, the, the weeds, etc., that would grow and make it difficult. There was judgment upon Satan himself in the promise that we look at next. As you see in chapter 3 and verse 15, God gave a promise. The first prophecy of Scripture. And God gave a prophecy there, a promise that He would send a deliverer. It says in verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee, uh, Satan, and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, singular, it, her seed, the Lord Jesus Christ, shall bruise thy head. It happened at the cross. The victory was won. He shall bruise his heel, Christ's heel, happened at the cross. He was wounded, Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. You see, God planned. He prophesied that it would come to, to play. He promised that there would be a seed of the woman, of Eve, that would come as a deliverer. And then there was provision that God made in, in verse 21 where 
They were naked, and it says unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. Notice their coats of skin. He didn't shear a sheep and weave some wool clothing. But he gave them the skins, and he didn't skin the thing alive. It was dead. And it was dead in a particular way, we know, because this is the way, of those of you that are in here, I know that my mom, my mom, from my mom too, but my grandparents used to raise hogs, and they would slaughter their hogs, they would fix their own sausage and, and, and hams and, and all of that. Um, the way they would slaughter the hogs, how did they slaughter the hogs back in those days? Jack was the quickest way to go. Uh, there are hunters today, if they shoot a deer, and they're in the woods and they come across a deer and the animal's still alive, they can put that deer out of its misery and still take another bullet, they, they can cut the fruit within seconds. It's over. Um, the sacrificial animals in the Old Testament, they were to slaughter the animal because it was the blood that was important as a picture of what would come. And the first animal that died because of Adam and Eve's sin, by sin came death. The first death that took place was to be a covering for Adam and Eve. And the word covering, the word atonement means covering. And so it all pictures to what Jesus Christ would be our atonement, our covering, by the, the his death by the shedding of his blood on Calvary. That's God's picture of his provision that he made for us. And then there was the expulsion where he sent them out of the Garden of Eden and would not let them come back in. And then we come to chapter 4. And we have what I'm entitled the first sons. This is going to be part one of a two-part message that we'll get to eventually. But part one uh, of the first sons here in chapter 4, it gives us truths about good worship, about bad actions, and about beneficial judgment. We read here in verse 1, And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect to Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. Father, I pray that right now as we look into your word, that you would help us in understanding the truth of it and how it applies to us that we may be encouraged in our stand, the Lord also challenged in our heart to make sure that we are making the right decisions in our worship, in our actions, Lord, appreciation, appreciating even the judgment that you bring in our life from time to time. Thank you, Father, for what you will do. Help me to share very clearly the truth you've laid upon my heart and help us individually to listen carefully to understand what you want us to take from this today. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
want us to look first of all at Cain and Abel's birth in verses 2 and 3. It says, Adam knew his wife, Eve, and she conceived and bare Cain. And what did she say when she bare Cain? She said, you are the greatest. Now, that's not what she said. But that's what most parents think about their firstborn child, isn't it? And you've got to remember something. This wasn't just their firstborn child. This was the firstborn child of the world. There was only two people in the entire world. Adam and Eve. And to them, there was this first birth that took place. And Cain, uh, excuse me, and, and uh, uh, Cain was born, and she said, I have gotten him from God. What did she mean by that? God had promised it in chapter 2, verse 15, from your seed there's coming deliverer. Cain is born, and she says, I've got him. I've received him. I've acquired him. That's what Cain means, acquired. And so here she believed that God had, had just answered his promise, his prophecy, that there would be an heir, there would be, there would be a seed that would come and deliver him. And I've got it. No one expected more from their child than Adam and Eve and what this child would be. God had promised. God had delivered. You know what it showed you? It showed you she believed God in his promise. I've got it. Here he is. Then it says, and she again bare his brother Abel. It didn't say she conceived again. Is it possible? A king and Abel were twins? Very good possibility. If not, at least very close together. But I would probably guess four twins by the reading of the, of the passage. She again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep. We'll get into that. What does Abel mean? Thing, meaningless, useless. <laughs> Boy, she didn't expect much. You know what she was saying? I've got him, Cain. Here he is. Out comes Abel. What's this one for? <laughs> meaningless duplication. Abel. And so Abel is born. Unfortunately, in our world, we have a lot of people that see life as meaningless, useless, vanity. Suicides are all around us. Many of you in our congregation, either a family member, a friend, uh, a co-worker, someone you're connected to, you know that have taken their life. In suicide, we've just had one recently in the community. Um, it happens all around us. Psalm thirty-nine and verse five, King David says, "Behold, thou hast made my days as a hind, a handbreadth; they're very short, 
and my age is nothing before me. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. At the best you are, you're vanity. Emptiness. Solomon in Ecclesiastes, a similar type statement. Vanity of vanities, he wrote. He tried everything under the sun. It was just the chasing of the wind. I'm going after satisfaction and I think I've got it and, and it's gone. Just a, a vanity, an emptiness, a uselessness. But then he came to the conclusion in chapter 12 and verse 13. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. He got it right at the end. Fear God, have a respect toward Him, a reverence toward Him, and keep His commandments. I tell you, if we could get that down pat here today as believers, if we could just concentrate on that, we'd be way down the road spiritually. Fear God and keep His commandments. Only in God is there meaningfulness. So we not only see that their birth would have meant, but we also see that their uh, occupation. Abel was a keeper of sheep, it says, a shepherd. Uh, it included other small animals, goats, etc., that would have been taken care of. They were not used for food. Over in chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 29, God had said, And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree and the which is the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be meat it shall be food it was not until after the flood in chapter 9 and verse 3 that God said every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you shall be food for you even as the green herb have I given you all things it was after the flood that God says that you can kill and eat. You can, uh, can eat the meat, of, the meat of animals. And so what he was raising the, the sheep and the goats and these animals as a shepherd was not for food, but it was for two things. One, as God had done, it was for clothing. They could be clothed by the skin of these animals. And two, it was for sacrificial purposes as God was instructing with Adam and those after him the proper way and to come to God. And this is the whole point of this story that God has given us concerning these first two sons. As I mentioned moments ago, atonement means covering. And that's exactly what God was doing as he pictured it in chapter 1, excuse me, chapter 3, verse 21. He clearly instructed Adam how to do that and why to do it. He instructed for what to use in the sacrifices that they were to come to God and meet with God and worship God. And Adam would have been very conscientious to share that with his children. And the reason that it was so important to share it was because of Hebrews 9.22 that God tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no remission 
of sin. There's no forgiveness of sin. Without the shedding of blood, God has had a particular way to come to Him. There's only one way that there's ever been to come to God. It's by faith. Faith means you believe what God has said. God's told them how to come to Him through an animal sacrifice that they would have shared, and they by faith did what God said. They believed God. Abraham believed God. It too was counted to him for righteousness. By, through, by grace, through faith, are you saved today. It's always been by believing God. Faith is his way to come to him. We see this exemplified in Exodus chapter 12 and verse 13 at the Passover when God was going to deliver the children of Israel from the bondage of Egypt and bring them out of there. He told them that they were to kill the lamb and to take the blood and to put it upon the side post and the top post of the, of the door. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you of the judgment. There would not be the death of the firstborn in the family. Because the wages of sin is death. But when I see the blood, I will pass over that judgment of death. God's plan from the beginning. All was to picture what Jesus Christ would do as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, We're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of the Lamb without blemish and without spot. He is the one that God had planned from the beginning. He is the one that He promised would be the seed of the woman. He's the one that would crush the Satan's head, have victory. He is the one that we would have forgiveness of sin through His shed blood. And it all pictured what Jesus Christ would do as He came. Abel's job produced clothing. More importantly, it, it produced animals for sacrifice. And then there was Cain. It says that he was a tiller of the ground, a farmer. He was one that was a producer of food. They were vegetarians. Both jobs were honorable. Both jobs were needful. Both jobs were productive for their society. What was their society? Poor people at the time. But then it, it grew as Adam and Eve had more sons and daughters. Uh, over the eight, nine hundred years that they lived, and all of those had children, society grew very quickly. Both jobs evidently were held by their father, Adam. Let me ask you this question. Did Abel trade with Cain? If he was going to eat, he did. Cain had the food. He was growing vegetables. Cain needed clothing from the animals that his brother raised. He needed sacrificial animals from the animals his brother raised. They traded to meet each other's needs until a particular day. Verse 3. In the process of time. In the process of time. 
certain time, a pointed time. Did God have a plan for Adam to meet with God and to worship Him and sacrifice to Him? Yes, He did. As I said a while ago, do you think Adam thought it necessary to tell and teach his sons how to, at a particular time, they were to come into a particular place and they were to worship God in a particular way? Yes. Dads, are we telling our children how to come to God in a particular way, at a particular time, with a particular sacrifice? Do we? There was a particular time. In the Hebrew, it means the end of days. It could have been the end of the week, within the Sabbath. But in the process of time, it may not be the first one. I believe that this was down the road a ways. That, that Cain and Abel both have been coming on a regular basis and worshiping God the way that God had said to worship. But there came a time, in the process of time, that Cain said, Wait a minute. Why do I need to get one of Abel's when... I've got such a nice crop right here. I'm going to take the best of what I've got and present it before the Lord. The mentality. They brought to a certain place, possibly the entrance to the Garden of Eden. And Cain brought the fruit of the ground. I'm sure it was the best that he had, and I'm sure he was sincere. Aren't there people today that say, you know, if I just try to do the best I can and if I'm sincere, what God would receive me? I believe God. What kind of a God is there if He won't receive a person that is sincere and doing the and trying the best that they can? We've got a, a righteous, holy, honest God that is communicating everything that he expects and demands in his word and taught us exactly how we can come to him in the acceptable way. That's what kind of God we have. And not only that, as we'll see in just a moment, God provided everything that was necessary. But Cain brought him the fruit of the ground, the best that he had. Abel brought the first things of his flock. I'm sure, again, the best that he had, and he was sincere. What was the difference between their two offerings? Let's consider God's response. In verse 4, it says in the second part of verse 4, And the Lord had respect to Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. What made Abel's offering acceptable? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4 tells us the answer. Hebrews 4 and verse 11, excuse me, Hebrews 11 and verse 4. What did I say there? Hebrews 11 and verse 4 says, By faith Abel, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaking. Abel's offering
offering was acceptable because it came by faith. And as I explained a while ago, faith is simply believing what God has said. God has said, this is the way you come to me. This is the offering that you bring. And Abel believed him and obeyed God. And God said, that is acceptable. I testify of your righteousness. Just like Abraham believed God and it was counted, it was imputed to him for righteousness. That's what he did with Abel. That's why his offering was acceptable. It was what God had asked for, a blood sacrifice that pictured the Lord Jesus Christ. What made Cain's offering unacceptable? 1 John chapter 3 verse 12 tells us the answer. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 12 says, Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, wow, that's Satan. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brothers righteous. Why was his works evil? Well, you already know the answer. Number one, the two reasons. Number one, he came with the best that he had. Our works, the works of our hands. Christianity coming to God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ by faith receiving Him as our Savior is not about anything that I do or you do. It's about what Jesus Christ did when He shed His blood and died on Calvary saying, It is finished. Everything necessary was completed on the cross for my sin payment and yours. Every other religious belief, every other religion in the world is about works. What we can do in order to have eternal life. People even coming to Jesus ask that question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And of course the answer is nothing. It's already been done. We just make a choice to receive it by faith. Titus 3 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. It's not by works. Cain's offering illustrated and represented man coming to God through his own good works. And it never will be accomplishing anything that way. Secondly, it represented disobedience. Disobedience. God said, this is the way to come to me. And Cain said, I'm not going to come that way. I'm going to come my way. Not your way, Lord, but my way. And I'll be good enough. I'll be able to tell God what's good enough, can't I? No. 
It's His heaven. I am His person. He created me. He redeemed me. He can tell me how I come to Him. And I'm going to do it in, in obedience by faith. Not in rebellion and disobedience my way. When I hear the words my way, I always think of that song. And I did it my way. When I first heard that, I thought, how did that work out for you? There's too many people in hell today that did it their way. And it's sad. Because it didn't have to be. God made the way possible. So I want us to consider this, and if you just bow your heads right now and think with me about you, about this message. God makes it very clear, even from the beginning, that there is only one acceptable way to come unto Him, and that way is through the Lord Jesus Christ, as I've shared this morning. There's only one way that you can come to Him, and it's by believing that He died on Calvary for your sin, and by making a choice to receive what He did as your payment of sin. But as many as received Him, to them gave Him power to become the, the children of God, sons of God. Have you made that choice? Do you know without any doubt that you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? If not, why not trust Him right now? Why not make that decision and say, Lord, right now, I know I'm a sinner and I know that Jesus Christ died for me. And right now, at this moment, I make a choice to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. When you do that, and you mean that, immediately, you are forgiven of your sins. You're given the Holy Spirit of God. He deposits to your account righteousness. So that one day, you may go and live with Him in His heaven. Parents, are you teaching your children how to come to God, how to worship God, how to please Him? Remember, you can't teach what you don't know. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in my truth. That should be a heart desire. Don't just send them to church. Bring them. Be here yourself under the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. So this morning, what adjustment does God want you to make in your life right now? What is it that God might be speaking to you about individually? The Savior is waiting. Father, I pray for each one of us here today that we would not let anything else 
get in the way of us choosing to make the choice that would please you with our lives. Help us, Lord, to understand what that is exactly. And help us, Father, to live by faith and obedience to you always. For us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming today, Robbie. If you could uh, get that for me, please. We appreciate you being here.